and I need to turn on my mic. I turned it off instead of turning it on. Um, they were on a couple, uh, couple weeks ago when, we honored, when you guys had a chance to honor Jessica and me, and we appreciate that. And I, you know, there's something about uh, acknowledging those that are in leadership um, that's healthy for the body. And, uh, and boy, I just want to encourage you. Uh, if you hadn't written a note to Pastor Mark and Julie, in fact, I think I got a, a, thank, you this, or a uh, uh, thank you this morning. I'm sure that's what this is. I don't know. Should I open it now? Probably not. Anyway, we're still having some trickle in, and uh, we appreciate that. I posted a bunch of them on the back of my door, and it means a lot. And so if you haven't written Pastor Mark and Julia a note thanking them for working with your kids or just even being here uh, at the church, um, please do that, and that's very important. This morning, we want to uh, just highlight a couple things before we take the offering um, in just a moment. Uh, In your bulletin, we included a faith promise card. Uh, the last couple weeks, we were in missions convention, and I know that some uh, had been praying and asking God what would he have them to do, have you to do, and uh, we're encouraging every family to make a faith uh, weekly faith promise or a monthly pledge uh, to do that, and uh, that's, that's the way we continue to support our missionaries and, uh, and those types of things. I know a couple came in today already, and uh, we appreciate that. Uh, we're going to tally those up in the next couple weeks and uh, meet as a missions board and and uh, just continue to seek God, what he would have for us. In your bulletin, there's a couple things. Of course, we've got small groups tonight. If you are uh, interested in being a part of one of those, uh, the addresses and telephone numbers are in the bulletin. Um, this uh, coming Saturday, we're encouraging all the men and teenagers or whatever uh, to come out, and any women that would, be, would have us, uh, we're going to have a third annual football game, flag football game. We'll start at 10, go to about noon, and then head out and, uh, uh, for some uh, wings at Buffalo Wild Wings, and that'll be a lot of fun, and we want to encourage you to be a part of that. We're going to do it right here at the church. We're going <laughs> to, and I know Jim back there, go ahead, just stand up and do that, and uh, we'll, that'll encourage everybody. Yeah, yeah, come on, stand up, do it. Come on, Jim. I know, I know you're getting egged on back there. Last year, for those of you that don't know, had a little accident. I had an accident and during our flag football. Got a little out of hand and uh, ended up with a big old uh, knot on my head. And uh, I'm just going to be the referee this year, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It'll be fun. A couple weeks after that, we're going to enjoy a breakfast together with the Teen Challenge, which is right down the road for the men. And we'll get the time, and we know it's the 21st. And then, depending on the weather, they're interested in playing some softball against us or with us, and so we want to do that. But the last announcement is the ushers come. Next Sunday, we've got a parent information meeting that is really important. Uh, November 8th, following the morning service, for those of you that uh, have kids in the youth or in the kids' areas, uh, all the way from zero to, I guess, 18 to 20, uh, we would encourage you to participate with Pastor Mark. Come on out and be a part of that. And uh, there's an information meeting. Uh, He's trying to recruit some help and uh, looking for uh, some things like that. And so uh, I'm, I'm trying to uh, plan on staying for this important meeting. Basically what he's doing, he's putting together an advisory team of parents to help kind of move our ministries forward, getting the heart of what parents are wanting and uh, uh, praying for uh, our kids and, and how can we best meet the needs of our kids. And so that's kind of what we're up to. And so that'll be good. Well, Joe, you did a great job uh, uh, earlier. You want to pray for this morning's uh, tithes and offerings? Go ahead. Yes, God.
Amen. These days, why are you trying to earn grace? Why are you crying? Let me lift up your face. Just don't turn away. Amen. I want to uh, just welcome Jessica's parents, Jerry and Jerry Malone. They don't get a chance to be with us all that often, and uh, thanks for coming today. It was Jessica's birthday yesterday. She turned 29 yesterday for the fifth year in a row, but I wasn't supposed to say that. And then, it's kind of cool, Pastor Mark, we just acknowledged him. His dad is here and uh, came in for Halloween. And uh, is Joseph still there with you, or did they take Joseph? Yeah, Joseph's gone, but Mike, it's great to have you here. And uh, for those that are first-time guests here, welcome. I hope you feel at home here at the Gateway Church. Well, this morning, we are starting a new series called Family Matters. Uh, It really comes from a heart of uh, some visits that the board and I have had the opportunity to make. Our goal, and we're about two-thirds through, our goal is to uh, find ourselves, me and a board member, in each of your homes or meet at McDonald's or Barnes & Noble or wherever to connect and find out a couple things about your family. Got a couple this uh, week that are that are planned, and through Christmas, our goal is to meet with every family to do that. While we've been meeting, there's a portion of, of our time together where we get to the nitty gritty uh, things, and we ask your family, how can we best meet your needs, and then how can we pray for you? And out of that, there has been a theme that has been overwhelming. In fact, uh, almost in almost every case, the theme or the prayer requests that come out is pray for our family. Pray for our family. Pray for our kids. Pray for our marriage. Pray for these things. And out of that, we, uh, we are praying and asking God for what God would take us through to Christmas time and uh, how can we challenge hearts and lives. And, and so we're going to take some time looking at this idea that family matters. Family matters, it, the first, the kind of the natural, is that, that it's important. How many would agree? Family is important, right? It matters. But then there's another twist to family matters that in every family there's struggles there's conflict, there's, uh, there's pressure. And uh, so we want to take a look over the next several weeks at what really matters in our lives. And I know what you're thinking. Uh, some of you are here this morning, and you're single, and you're saying, well, I guess I don't need to come to church for the next few weeks. And I would disagree because as we talk, uh, we're going to be uh, challenging you to be praying ahead, asking God for a godly family of your own. Some of you may be happily married, and and I would say there is going to be a challenge for you. The reality of divorce is prevalent, even in the church, and and I would say there's going to be a challenge for you. 
You could be a student here this morning with a dream of the future of, uh, of finding a mate and having a family, and there's going to be a uh, challenge for you, whether you're a son or daughter, a mother, father. Uh, this morning, you are going to be challenged by the Holy Spirit. And the reality that I've noticed as we've been meeting and as people have said, hey, pray for us in this situation or pray here or pray there, the fact is, is that there are families that are on rocky ground that need some stability, need some strength to come into their situation. So we're going to look at this idea that family matters. But before we get to uh, talking about kids or raising kids, which we'll get there, before we talk about uh, uh, that portion of the family, I want to start this morning by looking at the marriage union. And really... Most of the time when I create a series, I know kind of where we're headed for the, the remainder uh, weeks, and, uh, and I haven't really sensed a, a, a direction every week exactly where we're going to be heading. And so I want you to be praying with me that the Holy Spirit just continues to, to lead us and, and to guide us as a, a body of believers, that God would be uh, speaking uh, and that God would use me uh, as a vessel, <laughs> that he'd be using me uh, despite who I am. The fact is, is this is the first series in three years that we've focused on family issues or on family matters. You say, well, why is that? We haven't had, we've talked about all kinds of things. Well, first of all, um, I like to avoid hard things. Uh, those, those that are on the board, uh, uh, the, the board members that, that know me probably the best, and certainly my wife, I like to avoid hard stuff. And I, and I know it's not good, but I'll, if, some, if I don't have to deal with it today, I'll, I'll just deal with it another day, right? And so that's kind of one reason, probably. But the other part is that when I think about family, there's a lot of, within me that I feel inadequate. There are some parts of my marriage that I would say are great, that would be examples. I'd say, hey, follow me. And Jessica and I, we've, we've been married 13 years by God's grace, and, uh, and, and there's a lot of components that are really healthy and really, really, uh, I would say, boy, you could model this. But if I was honest, there's other areas that are not so great, areas that are even embarrassing if you knew the truth, the way that we can you know, the things that happen in families. And so there's an inadequacy that I feel. And I'm saying, God, help me. Use me as a broken vessel to reach families. And in the process, I'm praying that God would help our marriage. And, uh, and I, I, I believe that that will be the case. The last thing I want you to think is that I've got it figured out. And I, don't, I told Jessica that yesterday, or the day before, maybe yesterday, I said, Jess, you know, I want to you know, talk to you about some of the things I want to talk about because I'm, af- I'm afraid sometimes people put pastors on pedestals. She says, I don't think people do that with you. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's the case. I don't know. I don't know. But the fact is, is that all of us, when we think about marriage, whether we're single or whether we're divorced, whether we're a young person, uh, whether we've been married one day or been married 50 years, whether we're a kid looking at marriage or, like I said, a single person with a dream of being married, there are things that we all notice about being married or about those that are married that there are some common struggles uh, in life. And marriage kind of does that. 
with marriage, there are sometimes uh, people get into marriage with some myths, some things that they believe that aren't necessarily true. The happily ever after syndrome. You know, they read the fairy book story, uh, the storybook, and, and they all lived happily ever after. Well, the fact is, is that we live in a sin-filled world, and happily ever after takes work and takes a lot of uh, energy. Sometimes people get married thinking, well, everything good about the person I'm marrying will get better. And boy, isn't that a myth. There are things that do get better and lots of things that are great, but the opposite is true, that everything bad will, will not just disappear. <laughs> Sometimes that's a myth as well. You say, well, there's one area that kind of irritates me about so-and-so or about this, about my mate, right? Uh, or, and, and surely once I get married, that'll just dissipate. <laughs> and it doesn't happen. It's a myth. Other people think, well, I'll get married and, and my spouse will complete me. They'll make me whole. They'll make me, uh, they'll make me more of who I should be. And sometimes that's true. Other times, not so true. There's myths when we get married. <clears throat> Excuse me. There are unspoken rules. It can range from how we you know, handle the toothpaste in the bathroom to how we handle our relatives at holidays. And there's unspoken rules that we, un, it's unspoken expectations that we bring into a relationship. And boy, sometimes those myths that everything is going to just jive, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. There are unexpected roles when we think about myths. Whether it's jobs around the house or who's going to take care of the kids or how we're going to discipline the kids or how we're going to, who's going to take care of the finances, who's going to pay the bills. And what happens are these myths, things that we think might be true, that end up not being so true, they lead to pressure. And we all experience that. We can all see that if we open our eyes or if we look at any relationship. And what happens is pressure hits and there's unfulfilled expectations. Maybe the pressure leads to health problems or uh, different things. I know Jessica and I, early on uh, in our marriage, once we decided to have kids, we had some problems with uh, infertility, had a hard time getting pregnant, and boy, there was pressure around that. And I know uh, what we experienced is, is nothing compared to what others have. But there's this pressure that comes, and boy, then you add kids, and then how to raise kids. And, and when you add kids, that leads to financial pressure, and, and then time pressure, and, and time seems to be slipping away, and, and boy, there's pressure on all sides. Sometimes business and work will, uh, will just sap every little bit of our life out from us, and then we're here, and there's pressure around us. Some will experience tragedy in your family. And I know that's very real even here at the Gateway Church, maybe a loss of a child or, or other things. Boy, you blend families, which is, is common these days, and there's lots of pressure dealing with that. And all this pressure will lead many times for many of us to conflict, to misunderstandings. It can lead to betrayal or to an affair. It can lead to attitude problems, criticism defensiveness. Sometimes the conflict is around money or keeping up with the Joneses next door. What happens is this conflict can escalate to a point of anger. 
And sometimes if you took a, a, you know, just a sliver of time on any of our families, how many of us would agree that there are times that we wouldn't want the, the evening news filming what happens at our homes, right? Yeah. Things that are said, attitudes, looks, slamming doors, throwing things. And it, all of a sudden, it's like, what happened to our nice little family? And sometimes that's reality for us. Conflict hits. There's a common struggle. We all face it. No matter how long we've been with a spouse, there's, there's struggle. Then you throw in this, the idea that we should be a Christian family and the faith idea and what's important to us as a couple or us to, as a family. How deep do we want to go spiritually? Is there any spiritual intimacy at all? Are we growing in the Lord? Is there an equal? Is a husband and wife, are they growing at the same rate? Or, or is one just you know, stellar towards the Lord and one is absent? Then we can look at other couples and say, well, man, they've got it figured out. And jealousy can kind of creep in and, and in, within couples and say, man, if we could only be like you fill in the blank. Are we praying together? Are we doing devotions together? There's all these things. There's struggle that is around. As I was preparing, uh, one of the things I was listening to this week uh, in my preparation said that if you take two Christians and they join in marriage, that does not automatically equal a Christian marriage. <laughs> Isn't that true? It takes work to have a Christ-like marriage, and uh, it takes a lot of work. And then you, there's some that will say, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get my uh, husband or wife saved. And, and so there's a believer and a non-believer. And that uh, has a whole new set of uh, complications or, or hardship. And what happens is that Satan will use uh, these things, the myths and pressure and conflict. He'll even use our faith to get in and try to corrupt us, try to take us down. And he knows that family matters to God. He knows it, and he knows that with the family unit, that, that marriage is important. And so he attacks it. He certainly attacked our marriage at different times. But the good news is that God's word gives us hope. And I want you to turn with me to Genesis chapter 2. Uh, this is kind of fun. I want to look at some things that, that God says in God's Word about marriage. And we want to go right to the very beginning. We'll start in Genesis, and at some time around 4 o'clock this afternoon, we'll probably end in Revelation. Just kidding. Anthony Yoboa last week, uh, our guest speaker, said something like that. And uh, he did go kind of long, but uh, I promise I'll, I'll uh, keep my comments to, uh, to a brief um, a brief soliloquy or something like that. All right, Genesis chapter 2. Adam and Eve are created, uh, the, uh, the Garden of Eden, and uh, Adam and Eve are kind of uh, have dominion over that, or Adam is by himself. Verse 18 says, The Lord said, It is not good for man to be alone. And all the men said, Amen. Right? That was pretty pathetic. All the guys said, Amen. It's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper. You can underline that word, a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God formed out of the ground all the beasts in the fields of the air, and, uh, the birds of the air. He brought them to the man, the man, I like that, that, to see what he would name them. 
And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air, and all the beasts of the field. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. Verse 21, So the Lord caused a man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was asleep, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with, his, with the flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. For when he saw her, he said, Whoa, man. No, 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 no. For, he, for she was taken out of the man. Mis, misread that. For, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united. I want you to underline that. The unity to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. One flesh. The man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Now, I want you to flip with me real quick to Proverbs chapter 18. Especially the men, you're going to love this verse, because in Proverbs 18, 22, it says, He who finds a wife finds what is good. I like that. He who finds a wife finds what is good. And then, uh, then you can flip to Mark chapter 9, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 10, and we'll look at Mark chapter 10. And Jesus here, he's uh, on the scene and the Pharisees are asking him about divorce, actually. And Jesus is saying, hey, you know, I don't like divorce. Moses permitted it. Um, but then in verse number 6, it says, but at the beginning, he's taking us back all the way to where we just read. It, it says, but at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his wife, or leave his father and mother, <laughs> oh, Lord, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. We just read that, right? <laughs> so they will no longer be two, but they'll be one. And I want you to circle that one, okay? But they're one. Therefore, this is kind of the end of what, what Jesus wants us to, to kind of take home, and we're going to concentrate on this this morning. Therefore, what God has joined together... Let no man separate.